Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come in, uh, with who had come with Mary, and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, "What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation." But one of them, um. Probably going to butcher the, butcher the name here. Caiaphas? Caiaphas? One of those? Um, Caiaphas, you're right. Caiaphas, all right. Who was a high priest that year said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for one, is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. Uh, he did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not, uh, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the uh, children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day, uh, so from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim. Um, Ephraim, I don't know. I don't know names. Ephraim. Uh, Ephraim. Ephraim. Town called Ephraim. Um, and there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another, as they stood in the temple, What do you think, that he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. All right. Um, epic stuff. This, uh, this study's probably going to be, honestly, a bit shorter through this chapter. He's kind of been doing instead of long, long like portions, it's kind of more like short. Shorter portions that don't necessarily last longer than an hour. So this one is probably the shortest of the bunch that we're going to go through. So um, for those of you who do not know or were not here for previous uh, um, times in John 11, the other two times, um, what Jesus did that made the Jews so angry and wanting to um, arrest him is he raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, Lazarus was someone that he knew. Lazarus died after being ill. Jesus raised them from the dead. And that's what, is, that's what um, the Jews are telling the Pharisees about, is that Jesus had raised someone physically from the dead. So, um, yeah, with that understood, and it's kind of all the context that we need to understand most of this passage, um, let's uh, start from the beginning. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. So, you know, if someone raises someone from the dead, um, some people are bound to believe in him, bound to believe in the signs that Christ did, because uh, that's something that can't really fake that hard. The dude has been in a sealed tomb for four days, uh, it's it's something that's very difficult to uh, do falsely 
and to trick people with. Like, there's so many other miracles that you could probably do stuff like see the magicians in Exodus um, when Moses is uh, challenging Pharaoh. Uh, Pharaoh's magicians do like other signs, but this is this is like one of those types of signs where it's like this is the Lord, this is God. We cannot replicate something like this. They cannot raise someone from the dead in this way. Um, so yes, some believed in him. Um, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees uh, gathered the council and said, What are we to do for this man performs many signs? Um, I guess quick note, gathered the council. Who's the council? It's just the like other priests of the nation. or Just the other priests around. Because, um, you know, you have high priests, you have priests, and they're... Um, that's kind of what the place of the Pharisees is. A lot of them are priests um, who are, you know, hypocritic, hypocritic in how they act uh, and only following the law. But that that's just, that's essentially what the council is. It's just other priests. Um, so they're all meeting together because this is, this is kind of big. Jesus just raised someone from the dead. Um, so they said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Rom Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Uh, yeah. So, <clears throat> the Romans are going to come. They're going to take away their uh, place probably referring to the temple that they are in as they are priests they are going to take away the um, ability for the Jewish people to actually do perform their religion in order to silence this like false or what the Romans would call false uprising they would take out the temple and they would take out the nation um, because uh, that is uh, one way for uh, like one way for people to start disobeying um the the roman government is if you have a bunch of people who are zealous for a new religion type thing where the authority of the roman government is now uh, usurped by these people because their ultimate authority would be in god that's not something that they that they'd want to particularly deal with is uh is an uprising of Jewish people that probably doesn't sound fun for the Romans um but yeah so the Romans would quench something like that and that's what they're very afraid of they're afraid of their nation of Israel being taken and their temple being taken essentially Judaism being completely um snuffed out and destroyed um that makes sense all that kind of before we get into the uh kind of more theology portion of this all that context makes sense mm-hmm mm -hmm. all right we're still mm -hmm. just vibing great uh, the Supreme Court of the Jewish Nation said so the issue here is huge. This is no longer the mob violence we saw in John 10.31. They were about to stone Jesus. Yeah. This is definitely bigger than the mass of uh, 
like Jewish people in like mobs because I, I guess I've said this in previous John uh, studies, but uh, the the like priests and the high priests, there isn't necessarily a difference. Or so the priests, and the high priests have the ability to essentially cast people out of the Jewish religion, and that has huge uh, daily life uh, implications and huge. Um, like so, if you're a Jew and you are cast out of the Jewish people then life is not going to go good for you. They have the ability to throw you out of the church and to say, you are no longer Jewish. This is definitely different from the, the mob violence that we saw that is correct. Um, all right. So, on to verse 49. But one of them, Caiaphas... Uh, who was the high who was a high priest that year said to them you know nothing at all nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people not that the whole nation should perish he said he did not say this of his own accord but being high priest that year he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for the nation only but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. Okay, this is the very big theological implications that we have here, is the prophesying that is happening. It's kind of funny that uh, he didn't even know that he was prophesying. He was unaware of it. Um but yeah, it's it's very what he's saying is very true, and can kind of get into some uh, theology of the cross of Christ being one man dying for the sins of the whole nation. This is seen in other books like Romans, where uh, so as sin comes into the world through one man, Adam, uh, so sin could be. Uh, dealt with through Christ, or many will be forgiven through uh, another who is Christ. This is Christ, a perfect human being, who is both God and man. We've talked about that previously, the hypostatic union, uh, who lived a life of full and utter obedience uh, to the Lord, all the way unto death all the way until he dies on the cross. Um, that is what is going to happen later. Sorry if that's a spoiler for you, but that is what is ultimately going to happen when we keep on reading in John, that this perfect man will die. But there is always the upside. And this is, this is just essentially the gospel. This is the gospel that is being said, is that one man is going to die so that we no longer have to have this grave issue with our sin, that we are no longer having to pay uh, what is essentially just penalty for our sin, because Christ has taken on our sin on the cross. The man who was perfect, lived in complete obedience, is the one who is taking on a sinful death, a sinner's death on the cross. 
this is what is being prophesied, that this one man is going to die, not for only Israel, which is what, if you read elsewhere through like Paul's letters, he'll call this one of the greatest mysteries of the gospel, is that it's not only for Israel, it is for Gentiles as well. This is not some limited, uh, this is not limited to one nation, this is limited to all of, uh, this is for all the children of God, this is that he would die for not just one nation, but all the nations. This is uh, the gospel, and this is something that we need to cherish because this is what makes us Christians. This is what we have faith in, is that Christ died for us, and that from his death, we are now imputed with righteousness. We are given righteousness unto us, whereas Christ takes our sin and suffers for it on the cross. And it is something that when we think about it, we should honestly have conflicting emotions of sadness and joy. Joy because our sin has been taken away and we have salvation, but sadness because of the absolute horrific nature of the event that had to happen because Christ was not just a man he was both God and man who he knew you so deeply better than you know yourself to take on your sin think of think of your closest friend dying for you think of your mother dying for you and the sadness that that would ultimately bring whereas we need to have that kind of understanding with Christ because he fashioned us in the womb. He created us. There is more, he has a better understanding of us than we have of ourselves. He knows our hearts better than anyone. And he died on the cross for us, for our sinful, dirty beings. That is just, but then that's counteracted by this is the best gift that we could ever have been given there is no gift that is better than salvation in christ this is ultimately what should bring us the most amount of joy because it is the happiest thing and the best thing that we have been given yeah that's uh that's most of that. Uh, y'all, y'all keeping up with me? Any amens or big facts or anything? Big facts. Big facts. Great. You love to hear it. The biggest of facts. The biggest of facts. Huge um, facts. Huge facts. Gargantuan facts. Okay. They just keep on getting bigger. Hold on. This is this is too much. All right. Well. Let's uh let's move on to the next verse. Um yeah, I already read that not for the nation. Okay. So from that day on they made plans to put him to death. Uh yeah. They're gonna kill him. They're gonna arrest him. They're gonna kill him. Uh we already know how that death happens, how the betrayal happens and stuff like that. But you know, we'll we'll get to that later. In John, um, so Jesus, uh, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, um, and there he stayed with his disciples 
just keeping he's keeping a low profile. Uh, there is a, the Son of God is going to lay down his life on his own terms. He's not. This is not something that is up to debate um, from man. Uh, but this is a perfect plan that is going to be fulfilled. This is a perfect plan that is going to happen. Um, and I, th I believe that that was earlier in, in John 10, where Christ said that, that he is uh, that he is not going to give up his life for no purpose. But there is purpose to what is happening, and it is a plan. And uh, we, uh, obviously in hindsight, can have... Um, a understanding of that and a uh and a, we we can kind of see it clearly whenever we read through the gospels that this is not just some haphazardly thrown together uh plan that makes no sense no this is a perfect plan from god um now uh, the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Uh, they were looking uh, for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think that he will not come to the feast at all? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, that he should let them know that they might arrest him. The Jews are on high alert. Um, they are wanting to arrest him. They're wanting to catch him. They are wanting to put him to death. And that is where kind of John 11 ends. Uh, like I said, this was going to be a bit of a, a shorter one. We can kind of... Uh, I don't know if there's any, like, questions that y'all want to go over or any kind of things that y'all want to talk about related to this, we are more than welcome to, to do that. Uh, Zaku is typing. What will he say? Yes, Jesus time. You, you just missed it, Maggle. <gasps> We're pretty much done now. Wait, no, he didn't have to leave. Oh, no spoilers. You have to leave, Maggle. Yeah, any questions? Maggle, even though you weren't here. Let's see. Oh, we went over the plot to kill Jesus today. Are we? I thought we were done with John. No. Still got like 10 more chapters. That's good. Yeah. I have a number of questions for you related to the passage. Ask away. Sure. All right. So do you think the Jews thought that Jesus' power came from demons? And if so, do you think they were justified in their scrutiny? Well, uh, the Jews said... Um, the Jews said previously, they were asking if uh, they're accusing Christ of having a demon. So I think some of them... Um, thought that they that he had a demon. I'm not sure if at this point they're still uh, holding up to that. I think it's kind of more shifted over from the assumption of demon 
because of the certain works that he's done, i.e. like healing the blind was kind of uh, when they were like, but how can a demon heal the eyes of the blind? Um, and then raising the dead to life, that is something... Um, uh, that is something that is very hard to justify uh, stating that it's a demon for. Um, and if so, do you think they were justified in their scrutiny? Um, not just... Okay, so you have, you're going to have to define w what you mean by justified. Um, because... Go for it. Um, I believe Jesus actually touched on this in mentioning, like, why would evil work against itself? You know what I'm talking about, Justin? You know, I'm, I'm not familiar with the verse. Okay. Um, I can't remember exactly the verse. And if someone else can, knows what I'm talking about, please do feel free to chime in. Yeah, and you can but, you uh, can use the mic, uh, amazing Mr. Sheep. Y'all are all free to use the mic right now. Just be uh, just be mindful of other people speaking and stuff like that. Don't make it a mess. So I'm aware of what you're talking about. I, oh, you're no, you know, know what I'm talking before, about, but but I don't know the, the oh, house yeah. divided against. Itself. Yes, the house against okay. divided of itself. Yep. Sure. Is it Matthew, so, isn't it? I believe it is. I'm familiar with that passage, so we don't uh, have to go and look for it if you don't want to. But um, what I was getting at with justification was that um, if somebody were to come to you and say that they were preaching the word of God, but then they started going against the Bible or what some of their core beliefs were, wouldn't you say that you wouldn't believe that person? So I, my point would be that would they be justified in being like, oh, hang on a second, this guy doesn't follow what we believe well uh so justified in their own understanding so i would say that i will kind of understand where they're coming from we all have to admit some sort of understanding to the the positions of the pharisees because we were all spiritually blind at one point we were all uh, unable to see uh, the the works of God and of Christ, uh, i.e., before you became a Christian, you were rebellious against God, same as the Pharisees are here. Uh, I'll say that I understand where they're coming from with that. Justified in terms of truth, obvi obviously not, because Christ fulfilled prophecy from the Old Testament, and it's only a of kind of just not um, not well, wanting for them, to. Well, the truth was what they were practicing, even if. Um, some prophecies were fulfilled, then you could probably argue something along the lines of, oh, well, maybe that guy wasn't actually a prophet, you know? Anybody could go back and look at what they say and try and make those things come true, right? I mean, so the truth for them, I mean, I guess uh, what, what they were wrongly believing in, i.e. that the law is what saves them and that... Uh, the their Hippocratic actions, but the objective truth they are not justified in. Um, I'm not sure. Do I need to go over? I guess the objective well, truth. Well, I just mean that they probably thought what they believed was the objective truth, right? Well, so yeah. When Jesus comes along and says, "No, that's not the objective truth," and they're like, "Well, hang on, we know what the objective truth is." And then at that point, it's like, "Well, who's right?" They likely did think that, um, but Jesus points out multiple times that they were like spiritually blind to even the Old Testament texts themselves and the prophecies about him. Yeah. So like I threw the Hebrews verse in there because like Hebrews is a verse is a verse is a book written to Jewish Christians, um, and this verse particularly is like a plea to Jewish Christians to not convert back to Judaism because there's something so much greater in Christ. Um, and it's like the 
Jewish leaders at the time were just kind of blind to this uh, that Jesus kept putting, pointing out repeatedly. So it's like you could argue that maybe that they definitely thought that some of his power came from demons, but I don't think they were justified because their scrutiny was simply selfish um, and ignoring the, the same testaments of the text that they proclaimed that they knew. Okay, sure. But um, playing a little bit of devil's advocate in this regard, but let's say that they looked at the uh, the writers of the Bible and said, oh, well, hang on a second. These were like biased in some capacity and that what they're doing wasn't out of selfishness. It's just that that's what they were written about. So what actually happened was that they weren't acting out of selfishness. They acted out of what they thought was actually true. And it's just the writers, the writers of the Bible wrote it in such a way that it seemed like they were doing it out of selfishness in order to further justify Jesus. By writers, are you talking older New Testament writers? Uh, New Testament. Well, the New Testament wasn't written yet, so. He, he's right. talking about so I'm saying I'm saying we would read it today and see that the um the Pharisees or whatnot would were selfish, right? But what if what actually happened was that they weren't being selfish and they actually just believed what they were teaching? So I was saying historical, they're selfish. No, go ahead. A historical part about that is that the way they saw Jesus was that he was a threat to the Zionist movement. And if he deteriorated their position, that the Romans would that, that would then make them weak to the Romans, and then Israel as a whole country would fall. So they they really saw him as a threat. This large body of Pharisees saw him as a threat to their entire nation over anything having to do with theologies and stuff like that. Before anything else, it was all about, hey, this is really going to be a threat to to Israel as a whole. This guy's kind of being a crazy wild uh, to them, a false prophet in the desert who's performing these miracles uh, via, you know, some form of downside. But yeah, I, I agree a little bit with what you're trying to say, where the interpretation in John of their state of being, their thought on Jesus might be construed in some way. Yeah, so uh, to that, I would say... Um, um, Oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, so, wouldn't so my question would be: Would they be justified in trying to stop this person who they thought might be crazy or wacky, and that when they're just trying to preserve the their nation, right? So, would they be justified in like trying to protect that? Would they be justified in scripture? No, um, is ultimately well, what their they're... understanding of scripture would well no I'm, I'm saying putting an innocent man to death is not um justified in any in the old testament that's not a justifiable thing that's that's a sinful action just as someone who is going around and uh, speaking things contradictory to the bible saying that they're the second coming of christ i'm not going to kill them that's not what's going to happen i think that they will be proven wrong simply with time uh and that people will see how they are twisting the scriptures um yeah I, I so by justification so justified in their own mind are are you making any sort of substantial difference between uh the theirs what they think is subjective reality and the objective reality that is uh, like actually happening 
Um, yeah, so I would say what I'm talking about is their subjective reality. So we could look at it now and say, okay, well, we can read the scripture now and sort of take ourselves within the culture and say, okay, well, they're probably wrong in some regards. But what I was getting at is to them, they probably thought in a lot of ways that they were doing what was right. So in that sense, were they justified because they thought what they were doing was right. Are they justified for killing Christ? I mean, uh, the only real, like, you sin against God alone. It's not like, you can even state the argument today. It's like, the people that do whatever they want outside of God's eyes, are they justified? It's like, they can justify themselves in their own eyes, but they're not the judge. It's like, God's the judge. Yeah. yeah. But they were trying to justify themselves in God's name, and that's not... Yes. Killing, killing his son is not necessarily justified in any way. But at the same time, you see the dichotomy there, where it's like, Christ was murdered, but at the same time, he gave himself up. Uh, so, like, there's a weird dichotomy that you see at the cross. It's also marvelous at the same time. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, any other questions or things y'all want to yes. bring up about the passage? Okay, well, what's your question, Maggle? It's not related, I apologize. Okay, just just ask. <laughs> did you and um, Tyler talk? Yeah, we did. So everything go good? Yeah. Did you already make the pen? Uh, no, I haven't, but I I'm gonna do it soon. Okay. Yeah, it'll it'll be done. Don't worry. So, in the relation to the Bible, how does a Christian Minecraft server fit in? Okay. <laughs> not not no, for this seriously, time. <laughs> seriously though. So. Let me let me read that real quick one more. I did have something related to the demons and stuff. Okay. And I guess I'm gonna bring it back into the super basic question. Where did they come from? Where did is demons this the come from? Angel? Is that like the new name for fallen angel? You know, because wasn't it like a third? I think fell from I mean, heaven. Or not fell from heaven. Rejected God essentially, and chose to follow Satan versus god so are those the demons or like because they obviously already know who christ is i mean i'm i'm pretty sure I, that yeah okay you're making me question my uh my understanding of demons <laughs> um yeah oh, that's me... that's like fallen angels demons they they know of the lord and they tremble at the lord now after they made the sin of rebelling against him. So that leads me into two more questions. Okay. Which one do you want to hear first? I don't care. Just shoot. Just go for okay. it. So, you know how we as humans get forgiven of sins, and obviously it would appear that angels also have free will. Why don't angels get forgiven of sins? Because Christ didn't die for them? Why not? That is a question that I probably can't answer. I can't, I can't answer the the thoughts of God, but I guess so that the angels have seen the face of God and they are messengers of God and they are held accountable for their own actions and there is not a salvation for them. Whereas we do not see the face of God uh, and we're still held accountable for our actions at the end of our lives, but Christ has 
given us salvation. Um, as to why the roles are set up as to why they are, it would be That's this. It, yeah, it's it's not something that I can really answer. Alright, and my next one is. And please, I wonder if this is a translation thing. In my Bible, it mentions ghosts like a couple times. Uh, I, is it safe for me to say that there are, or was that a translation error and it was trying well, to say like, well, oh, what, yeah, it was like a spirit or something? What translation are you using? And it depends on the verse. It's not a translation. What does it's, that mean? It's called. I mean, we had this talk before. It's called the Fireside Bible. It was made for a school. Oh, it's like a paraphrase thing. I think so, yeah. It's I gotta get a real Bible. Just get like an ESV or an NIV. Okay. Or NASB. I don't know. What? NASB. Hey, man. I, okay. Um, These acronyms are getting crazy. <laughs> and anyone else? New American Standard Bible. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> NRSV, though. <clears throat> I have a bit of a broader question for you that you, you touched uh, on a little bit. Yeah, Go yeah, you it. can you can ask it. I'll do my best to answer. Wait, why are you answering now, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> because sure. So we talk about um, Jesus providing salvation to Jews and Gentiles alike. So, mm -hmm. so to speak, what changed God's mind about saving everyone versus just saving the Jews? I mean, the Jews had the law to help them. And the Gentiles had nothing. It seems like God sort of left them in the dust. I believe. Well, now, the Jews. For oh, what, wait, go for it. So the ultimately the decision is left to God. But I do remember reading because I've been going over the Old Testament recently, and there was something about. I I think it was prophesized, and it wasn't really God changing His mind. I guess we could see it as the fulfillment of the word. But, oh, let's see, he never changed his mind. His plan for the Jews was to bless the nations through them. So, and it's also so, important to, uh, yeah, just, to state... No, you're fine. Um, yeah. To state that the law is never what saved the Jewish people. When you read through Hebrews, is that it says that uh, the blood of goats and lambs never provided any justification. Uh, it was through belief... It was belief in God that was accounted righteousness to them. Um, the law is, yes, a demonstration of that belief in the, something that is uh, was God given to them for them to follow, but ultimately none of them could follow it, and the ultimate um, salvation was not in the law. And it also states that the Old Testament was designed to become obsolete. It was uh, designed to... Um, to be replaced, and that it's replaced by the more perfect covenant, the new covenant, the New Testament. That's what it's replaced by. It's not him changing his mind. It is. Uh, it was already oh, planned yeah. for it to be replaced. It was designed in such a way to where it was going to be replaced. Okay, so real quick, addressing uh, Cherno's message there. Did he bless the other nations by having them warmonger with them? And then you can ponder on that. And then um, in regard to you. Um, Boneless jungle hand. Sorry, I uh, collect my thoughts a little bit. You're fine. I love you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no worries. Right. So the idea that belief is what saved them ultimately 
that idea sort of didn't really start coming up until the New Testament. And even then, the law was still created for their sin, right? And the other Gentiles didn't have that because God chose the Jews or the Israelites to be his nation, right? And so these other nations, they didn't have that sort of guidance that God provided the Well, you, you could enter into the, the Jewish nation. You just have to be circumcised. And it wasn't just a New whoa, Testament whoa, whoa, belief. No, you couldn't. Entering, the Jewish entering people nation wasn't something that was super simple, right? Like, that, I mean, no, obviously, there's there's more, there, like, there's more intricacies to, to that. It will tells them to care for uh, foreigners in their land, but it's also not just a New Testament idea. The New Testament idea that Paul points out is quoting Old Testament scripture. That that doesn't mean that now it is only uh, a New Testament idea. Uh, I guess if you have a scripture where that idea comes up in the Old Testament, yeah, sure. I, I can't. Uh, what uh, idea is it? Salvation. The idea uh, that um, salvation is from belief and not the works of the law in the Old Testament. Um, Genesis fifteen six, I think. Oh, Zach, is he smart boy? Which well, which one is it? Genesis fifteen. Six. Yeah, Genesis fifteen six. He believed six. the Lord, and he counted to it to him as. This extends from the idea of Romans four that Paul's getting at, um, with Jews and Gentiles both having their faith rooted in the Father of Abraham, because this covenant was before the covenant of circumcision was the work, and so it's like Abraham's faith in God to carry through with his plan was credited to him as righteousness before circumcision came about, um, which roots that. Abraham was the father of both Gentiles and Jews through faith and faith alone. Does that make sense? I, I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree. So Abraham believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. So believing in the Lord is righteous, you could say that. But the, to further extend that and extrapolate the idea that it is only through belief that, ultimately through belief that they're saved. I don't, I don't think that applies. <laughs> All right, so... This is a topic that we could probably spend a lot of time talking about. Uh, I guess someone. Yeah, sure. If it's where's where's uh, broad, maybe another time. Wait, the person who asked if they could ask a question isn't even in the Bible chat. So confused. <laughs> nice. Oh, well, I was really Dude, confused that guy's about my hero. The, uh, question for a while too. So. Uh, I think one more point I could add there is that the righteousness is not something that Abram had before God gave it to him. It's not like righteousness is something that we inherently have. It's something that's given to us from God. Um, and so it's like righteousness, it reads back to the Hebrew word tzedekah, which means like to be made, to be made right with. Um, and so this is God making Abram right with God. It's, nothing, but it's by nothing that Abram did. Okay, sure. And then I would say that the law is what helped the Israelites be more right with God, whereas the Gentiles didn't have anything to be right with God, right? I mean, we see pretty clearly clearly that the law is impossible to fulfill um, by human standards. Like, Christ was the only one who fulfilled the law, and therefore he was able to conquer the law, die to it, um, and bring in a new covenant. It's like, the, the law is completely unfillable by us. It was kind of like a vicious cycle for the Jewish people. Sure, but it was something provided to them, whereas the Gentiles had nothing, is all I'm saying. Gentiles didn't need anything. 
Sorry, yeah. you were a little quiet. What did he say? I, I Are you hear. saying that the Gentiles don't need the? They need the law. I'm saying God provided them the law, but He didn't provide oh, anything you. for the Gentiles. Yes, we got more of that. The Gentiles didn't need a law. Why didn't the Gentiles need the law? Because it was written on their hearts, like they said. Yeah, they're saved through grace and faith. Right. That that's, that's afterward, though. That's like after Jesus died. Gentiles weren't saved before then. No, but was Abraham saved before then? No, it was it, it was for everyone in any time, in any place. Wait, what? What are we talking about right now? Are we talking about the law still? Or are we talking about God's grace? Yeah, he, he's talking. The oh gosh. This this is a molehill. Hang on one second. Let me turn you up. Really quiet. All right, go ahead. So Jesus was progressive. He he did it for everyone in the past and everyone in the future and everyone that will ever be and ever has been. He did it he for everybody in the past. Yeah, that's what the Jews were saved yeah. by. The Jews didn't get saved by the lambs that they continually slaughtered. So they were saved by their faith in God. So when Jesus died, the, the people in the past were then saved. Yes. Otherwise, okay. Abraham. I have dead. many questions. This is God. Here, God Go exists it. outside of time. Okay, if God exists outside of time, we see this based on Genesis. Him, He's created everything. Therefore, He exists outside of it. If he exists outside of time, then he could theoretically apply Christ's sacrifice at X point of his, in history throughout history. Um, there's many different theological arguments for this. That's the one that I agree with the most. But it's one of those things that I don't think we're meant to fully understand. We're not, we're not meant to fully understand how God saves people. What we're meant to know is that God does save people and that he loves us. So I want to get too hung up on this. Before, before this con conversation continues on further... Uh, let me let me end up Bible study. Let me pray for us, and then this can continue for as long as y'all want. Um, yeah, because this this will can and probably will go down a rabbit trail. Um, it's a yeah. beautiful rabbit trail, though. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Lord, I uh, thank you for this time that we're able to gather together and study your Word, Lord, and for people to be able to ask questions and for us to have conversation. God, um, I just pray that. Um, that we will go throughout our weeks um, remembering the salvation that you have given us, Lord, and that we'd be able to read your word and pray and praise you every day, God, and that, um, yeah, we'll be able to glorify you and just love you. Um, I just pray for the conversation that is going to ensue afterwards, that it will be tame, and that people will be able to uh, respect one another, Lord.